You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage. Broadway's number one fitness platform. With actors in over 20 Broadway shows and other stages across the globe, we are your one-stop shop for all things fitness and theater. So if you have the goal of marrying your career in theater with a pursuit to train like the athlete that you are in fitness, we're the place. I'm your guy. Been doing this a long time, 17 years, getting old over here. But as a former actor, athlete, uh, trainer, I've uh, taken pride in knowing the ways that an actor should be training uh, leading up to a show, within a show, after a show, et cetera, et cetera. So go to buildforthestage.com if you're interested, and we can do a seven-day free trial together on an interactive fitness app. All right, enough of that. Let's bring on our special guest today. Uh, They're currently in Manchester right now. They made their West End debut in Heathers. They're currently touring with The Lion King. I just saw this amazing promo for Lion King on uh, Instagram. I'll have to talk to our guest about it. Just, I didn't nearly cry. I, I was crying. I just, I was crying for sure. <laughs> but got connected with our guest um, on Instagram, like we all do uh, nowadays. And they've had a uh, plethora of a career so far. Just, seemingly and you know here there and everywhere so can't wait for you to get to know our guests please welcome to the podcast joaquin pedro about this hey what's up how you doing joaquin thanks so much for joining us uh you're in manchester and you just told me before we hit record that they have the reputation of being nicer than those in london is this true you know, Manchester is really, really, really interesting and personal to me because about four years ago, I flew first into Manchester and not in London. And um, that was a big deal for me because it was the first city I was going to be performing in outside of the Philippines. Flying out, I've been a theater actor in the Philippines for probably 20 years, 20 odd years, um, getting old here. Um, but then I had an opportunity to to join the cast of the UK touring cast of Miss Saigon. And instead of flying us to London, 
they flew us to Manchester. And me being from the from the Philippines, I'm like, it's just New York, United States is all about New York and Broadway. And the, the UK is all about London. So I'm thinking, I don't know any other cities from these big, two big theater cities. And when I landed in Manchester, everybody seemed so nice. And, you know, it was a gorgeous city, like red, red brick buildings, um, industrial revolution kind of, you know, architecture. Um, it was a mining city, um, Peaky Blinders shoots here. So uh -huh. it, it had that vibe. And it was really, really interesting, really historic and buildings I've, I've, and structures I've never seen before. And just people were just so nice calling yeah. you love, uh, babe, uh, you're right, <laughs> love. You know, everybody had a distinct accent, uh -huh. very English. Um, yeah. And I and locals were telling me that people in the north are much nicer than they are in London because London's a big city and they don't got no time to be kind to people because <laughs> they need to go to places and meet people. So, yeah. um, but I do love London as well. I, I, I spent a lot of time in London um, during the pandemic. So home for me is London, yeah. um, but work, um, I end my contract uh, with the Lion King here in Manchester, which is a full circle of life moment for me because I started out my career in the UK in Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Did you... I think I saw on your Instagram you had like um, two different um, photos in front of a mark in front of the marquee. What was the yeah. other show? Uh, was it Miss Saigon? Saigon, yeah, yeah. That was that was so really cool to to see that. You know, I guess not I, I I look at those photos and I'm like, oh, so much has happened in such a short span of time. It feels so long ago, but then it's really just four years and. Um, not discounting the two years of the pandemic, which I was very fortunate enough to be working through as well in the UK. So it, it's just mind boggling how so many things have changed um, and uh, changed within me, like how, how much I've grown as a person, as an actor as well, uh, but more importantly, as a human throughout mm -hmm. these four years. And yeah, life happens and it's incredible. And, and I'm so grateful. Yeah. All right. We'll get more into that in a little. But when I was introing, uh, you cover Simba in the tour. I don't think I mentioned that for everyone listening. But yeah. when I was talking about the promo that I saw on Instagram, you saw it? Yes. I wow. just saw it right before meeting you. Me today, too. And I was, I was in tears as well. <laughs> how the the AIM instant messenger, uh, how they work that in. And then I yeah. didn't I didn't get it until the very end, which I'm glad I didn't because it was so much more impactful when they did the, the simultaneous. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that same thing. I was like, Oh my God, that's her grown up taking yeah. her daughter. I didn't, I just thought it was following two mother daughter stories at different time same periods, thing. but, but at and the that, end, that beautiful tagline at the end, the show of a lifetime. Yeah. Because they're celebrating 25 years on Broadway. And it just makes so much sense because The Lion King is so special to so many people. People have their first theater experience, the, their first transformative theater experience in The Lion King. People yeah. will never forget the first time they saw that sunrise or the elephant coming through the aisle. And they're just transformed by it. People want to go into theater because they saw The Lion King when they were a kid. And I, I love it. It's such a, well, after seeing that ad, I'm like, it's, it's, you know, tour life is hard and it was just real talk being an actor, um, tour life, it gets to you, you know, and sometimes, and sometimes you 
forget um, how how grateful you should be about the things that come on, you know, that the opportunities that come your way. And you take things for granted. And seeing that ad just put things in perspective for me. I'm like, wow, I get to do this. I get to be part of this magic. And it's amazing. Yeah, at least one or two people in that audience every night is experiencing probably that moment that they highlighted in that promo. So that's really cool. Uh, let's jump into you saying how tour life is difficult. I love that you just opened up and said that. Thank you so much. Because tour life is difficult. Life is difficult. A career in theater is difficult. A pursuit in fitness is difficult. So let's relate it all to tour life. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to live out of a bag, right? It's hard, hard to be on a Man, bus or, or a plane. Before or, we jump in, I just want to say that I've kind of low-key been – following your account like i because i i'm a stagey kid i love broadway stuff i love the west end and um i remember like people i followed on broadway were following your program or were you know and i love it built for the stage definitely because back in the philippines i was so into fitness um i was i was a crossfit trainer for for a spell for a wink and um i'd love to get back into that when i can um, I, I got into bodybuilding. I joined like a bodybuilding contest. I was Mr. Gold's gym in the Philippines for a year. Like, okay. you know, I just, I've gone through all of that, um, good and bad, you know, like all of the misconceptions about fitness and looking good and whatever. Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't until I booked Miss Saigon and I needed to fly to Miss Saigon, wherein around two or three weeks prior to my flight, which was a career change of a lifetime. This was a dream for me. I've never been, all I wanted to do was musical theater all my life. And finally I got the chance to do it on the big stage, on the world stage. And two to three weeks prior to me flying out, I, I messed up my back in the gym. I tweaked my back. Um, I think I, I, it was the disc bulge and I had the worst spell of sciatica and it was me, you know, it was, it was really a humbling experience. It really changed my perspective on fitness as well. And all I could see was my dream getting, you know, further and further away because I didn't want to go into the contract of a lifetime for me unfit, not being able to dance, to move, to, to lift and, you know, and do the things that actors do. And people don't realize that being an actor is an, is an athlete's job. You need to be, absolutely fit um yeah. top to bottom mentally fit physically fit emotionally fit and i was so worried and i and i i did it i mean i got i got an epidural shot i went to the doctor they they put anesthesia on me i did another show not thinking that because they made my back so numb and i wasn't working on actually strengthening my back that i was doing more damage to it mm -hmm. so when when the anesthesia the drugs kind of faded away, I was in a worse state. And I remember waking up one morning and not being able to stand up straight and not walk until I found um, like an alternative, like chiropractor who, who said, the worst thing you could have done was get that shot. Let's, 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 let's get you proper. Let's get you strong and proper. And through just like proper massages, through aligning my back and just me being very aware that my my body is a unit that's connected to every single aspect of it central on the spine and being just careful and and um and forgiving of my own body 
it changed my perspective. So when I flew out, I felt great, um, much more mature about treating my body and how, how to handle it. And from then on, when I started Miss Saigon on the tour, I my gym regimen kind of changed um, and my approach to fitness was no longer just the aesthetics and the strength aspect and the whole macho aspect of it. It was really to be more functional, yeah, nimbler and, you know, more um, ready for any physical um, challenge that that life might bring. So yeah, I'm 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 faffing on. I'm I'm sorry. If I'm no, no. On. I like to call it the Swiss Army knife. So the Swiss Army knife has many different tools that you can pull out. Yeah. If you're just the big blade, which maybe you could say like bodybuilding, then like you're pretty one stop shop as far as like you don't have your yeah just a one note Johnny. I'll say, but if you Absolutely. have the, the full tool belt, then you really. Uh, can be used on the stage in so many different ways um, than just being someone with muscles, you know? Yeah, and it's also it's also interesting because we, I mean, we're actors and obviously a, a whole chunk of fitness goes into the investment of looking good, yeah. right? And even my understanding of looking good changed because I can't look like a flipping Marvel superhero 365 days a year there, there there's there's there are roles that need for me to look like that but then generally the demand is not to look like you have veiny straighted like six-pack abs every single day of the year because that's not sustainable yeah um but what i do want to look like is strong healthy nimble and usable and functional yeah. Yeah. And I think like even on stage, there's a presence that comes with a body that's probably not looking like Henry Cavill and Superman, but someone who, who, who can carry their own weight and probably another. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what I mean? And there's a presence, there's a security that comes in just how you stand, how you are, you know, how you cock your shoulders back, how your chest puts up. Even it helps it even in singing when when you know that you're you can carry your own weight. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. For us, we always are harping on and preaching on that. You have to be uh, willing, able, and durable. First, you have yeah. to be willing. You have to be able to uh, either put in the work that you're being asked to do, or you just have to be uh, able and capable to already do it. And then lastly, you have to be durable to do it eight times a week or however many times you're going to be doing Absolutely. the show. And we train people of all heights, shapes, sizes, everything. And as long as you can do the thing, whatever the thing is you're required to do, then yeah. you're crushing, you're crushing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tour life, you, you were talking, I'm interested in this. You're talking before that you were on uh, StreamYard for a bit doing interviews and you were talking about how you didn't have formal training and you're wanting to pick the brains of others. Tell us yeah. about that experience. Tell us about, maybe what you learned and also tell us about like, Oh, this may be imposter syndrome that I had wasn't as validated as I thought it was. Absolutely. Um, I come from the Philippines where we absolutely love theater. We love musical theater. I grew up in that industry. Um, I started professionally at when I was around 10 years old and just never left. But the thing is we don't have that big an industry or a sustainable audience for it so that we do it eight shows a week 
for a year, you know, so a big title and a lot of the titles that I've done, I, I was lucky enough to have done in the Philippines, our runs don't last longer than one or two months. And we only do five shows a week because the, the theater going public in the Philippines or in Manila in particular, will only go on the weekends because it's, it's, it's a very like work. It, it's a luxury to go to the theater and we don't have theaters the way Broadway set up or the West End is set up where it's like, it's one in every corner or there's a theater district. We have very like landmark um, locations where in one or two or three big productions are happening at the time, yeah. um, if we're lucky. So we don't have that kind of industry. And because we don't have that kind of industry, we don't have um, the resources to train for that industry. Um, so to train as an actor, to train to become an actor, is really no, not in anybody's consciousness in the Philippines. Um, it's it's a hobby. It's a it's a you know it's a privilege to be an actor, and it all is. It really is. Um, but the talent is immense um, where I come in the Philippines. The talent mm -hmm. is endless, and it's a shame that there's not enough training. So when when some of us are very fortunate to have access to perform um in theater on the world stage in the international scene where we're up against thousands and millions of other people who actually spent so much money to train um three four years in drama school or musical theater school knowing all the technicals knowing how to tap knowing basics of jazz and you know n knowing all of these different wonderful acting techniques getting you know industry standard vocal technique uh, from coaches who are amazing we don't have that. And I go into my first job in the international scene, um, granted, because I, I'm, I'm Asian and they, they needed some Asian characters in the show. Um, I, I have this baggage with me that I need to work three, four times as hard because I don't have the training that these guys have. You know, I really had the immigrant mindset, um, which is good because I'm, I'm a hard worker. But also a little bad because I had this lie that I was hearing constantly that I wasn't good enough, and um, and I I'm hungry. I mean I'm 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 extremely hungry, and I'm extremely honest with myself, saying, okay, I don't know this, let me learn it. You know, so I went to my colleagues, I told them, you know, who's the best vocal coach in London? Let me sign up with them. Where can I take acting classes? Let me sign up with them, and. In my journey, especially through the pandemic, I was meeting so many incredible actors who I looked up to. And um, I started this podcast called, well, not a podcast, but a, like a little YouTube show called um, Pick Your Brains. And I would just pick their brains on, on audition technique, on do they get insecure as well, and on what it is like to be an actor in the world stage and, and what, what, turns them on as an artist, what turns them off and, you know, what they go through. And in my talks with them, I realized that a lot of the insecurities I was worried about were just imagined. And these colleagues of mine from the UK were the ones, it was one guy that actually said, co-actor co of mine, Miss Saigon, that told me, you know what, you might not have the drama training that we did for three or four years, but you have X amount of years of life experience that got you from where you started out in the Philippines to here. We can't learn that in drama school. And you're going to go into an audition room 
with all of that experience and all that maturity. And that's something we can't buy. Mm. And when he told that to me, it was just like a soothing balm, like making me really embrace who I am and my story and just gave me that encouragement and that confidence to come into an audition room knowing that I have my version of, 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 of songs to sing and my version of stories to tell. Yeah. And yeah, it really helped me change my perspective. Yeah, I mean, as an actor, your job on stage is to display life in some form. And the more life you live, the more you can draw from those experiences to make them Absolutely. as real as possible. So that's uh, wise words from your, your colleague there. Uh, my yeah. question about the Philippines, if if the talent is there, if you if you all have a fan base of musical theater, what is the restricting factor of why there aren't more uh, schooling or training there? I think it's, it's, um, it's just to recognize that it can be a viable industry, a business industry. And um, the market, unfortunately, is still very small because access to theater, or there's this notion that theater is for privileged or a certain class. And truth of the matter is um, the Philippines is really divided in terms of class. We have a lot of people uh, below poverty line that are struggling and entertainment for the masses is, is mainly telly and film. Yeah. And, but I think theater is so versatile and it's, it's, it's been in the country for as long as we got our independence um, a couple of centuries ago. So I think it's just a matter of like finding or getting support from the public sector and the private sector to really see theater as a viable institution that can grow its audience. And once it starts to grow its audience, then people can realize that they can have careers in it and they can start training yeah. for it. Um, you I like mean, working, we, do you like, sorry to interrupt, do you like working with the youth? I feel like I've seen a couple of things on your social um, work. I love it. Um, I, I, there's some, there's something, cause I started and I fell in love with theater because someone actually saw me as a kid and helped me develop my talents and skills. And I, I just, it's just something natural to me to kind of pass it forward and, um, to train and to just give that magic and that sparkle again, uh, of theater. And until now I'm still that, I'm still that 10 year old kid that's mm. playing in the room. You know, there, there's always that. And I, I and I pray that I never lose that kind of joy when approaching this craft. And there are many things as you grow up that will try and diminish that joy. Um, but it's that joy I think that's fundamental to why we do what we do. Um, and I think that goes for any passion, not just in acting. But then it, when you find that deep, profound desire to do that, and you hold on to that, it's a core value. That's why when I teach kids i remember myself and why i fell in love with the craft in the first place and i love that yeah step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, so I read. Uh a uh, interview that you were a part of and now you're just kind of hinting on it right now that you you didn't necessarily like choose to start theater that it kind of chose you or I might be paraphrasing this incorrectly but how did you fall into this and then how did you keep falling into it meaning like never leave um my mom and my dad loves musical theater um I for as long as I can remember we would have either the sound of music on tv every christmas they would have like we had like these old channels that would play the you know and we had um we would i would watch on betamax i'm not sure if people still know what betamax is um we had fiddler on the roof the king and i uh sound of music oliver twist all of these classic films Mm -hmm. and i absolutely loved it like i really really loved it i would watch it regularly and then finally when I was not too, yeah, when I was of age, but not too old, still very young, probably in my eight-year-old, nine-year-old self, my my mom would take me to watch productions of Camelot, of Les Miserables, um, that were big, really professional and really high quality uh, productions, but an all Filipino cast of these big titles. So that's how that, I mean, that's the industry in the Philippines where we get a certain license to produce all of these uh, West End or Broadway titles in English, but it's an all Filipino cast. That's why I wasn't really aware of my skin color until I came to the UK because all of the roles I was playing were English speaking, English singing roles. Right. Um, and it was never race-based because we couldn't afford we didn't have different races in the philippines you know we didn't have a lot of white people or a lot of black people and so we we just played all the roles um at a high quality like a high standard the first annie that i knew of was Leah salonga yeah she played annie the first <laughs> eliza doolittle that i knew of was Leah salonga she played eliza doolittle in my fair lady in the philippines so to my consciousness, it's where, you know, we can play all these roles until I got to the UK because of Miss Saigon. And I'm thinking, oh, I want to do other other shows. And I realized, oh, wow, I'm not white. <laughs> I realize I'm not, you know, but what's nice is I don't I'm not sure. But I, I think I, I think it's, it's the time, the time now and all of these um talk of diversity and representation it's really exciting because so far i've been in audition rooms wherein i'm either the only asian or it doesn't matter if i'm asian and i think that's that's amazing of course so cool that's that's so cool like um my first job out of the pandemic was 
a fringe show. It was the first show in London ever after lockdown one, when they started to allow performances in pubs. Um, we were at the historic Eagle pub at Vauxhall and we were performing a musical called Fanny and Stella in the style of music hall. And it was just six of us. And I was with five other incredible West End actors and there was me and I was playing American. And the producers and directors of all the people who were looking for jobs chose me, auditioned me and, and, and picked me. And I was like, that's incredible. And not because I was Asian yeah. and or not because of my skin color. It was just, you know, and I thought, I thought that's amazing. I thought, I thought it's what a time to be an actor now in the world stage. It's exciting. Yeah. It's, I hope it's just the beginning. Um, you know, it's been, a slow evolution but i feel like the momentum is definitely growing in a much quicker pace and hopefully it yeah. continues continues that way that, as well that beautiful recently they cat they announced the cast to wicked on the west end oh, i haven't i haven't seen and it's gorgeous i mean you have a black glinda and a black alphaba and it it's it's incredible and a black fiero as well so i'm like oh that's incredible like we're there already like we're getting we're getting that momentum and I think it's exciting times. Yeah. Uh, okay. So with, uh, we kind of, we never hit the tour topic of the ups and downs of tour. What well, let's do it <laughs> from, so from the, from the uh, beginning when we were initially talking about how tour life can be difficult. Um, how, yeah. I want to go with being grounded on tour is difficult having a routine, feeling as though you're not always just sporadically living from one city to the next. How have you yeah. found some stability while on the move? It's really difficult. I'm, I'm very blessed because I get to tour with my partner. So my wife, who is not an actress, um, she's, a, she's a lawyer. She gets to tour with me because she can work from home. That's my grounding and that's my, that's my stability. Um, would I prefer more permanence? Absolutely, because I love my fitness. I love getting to cook and meal prep, waking up a certain time, going to the gym, doing things at a certain time. It just sets my mind, my body, and my soul on, on the right direction. It's hard when you're on tour because I'm constantly looking for a place to live in. Secondly is, does it have a kitchen? Does it have all the basics that I can cook my meals in? Two is, where's the nearest gym? Because that's an essential. Like, it, it's not even like a luxury. It's an essential because I need to stay match fit for the show. Yeah. If I want to be able to do eight shows a week, I need to stay fit. I need to make sure that my body is ready for it. Um, yeah, and all that. Like, how far are we from the theater? Uh, you know, and all these things. Because if I don't set those basics um, down, what might happen, and it has happened to me before, is I'm just going to either, you know, drink all the time and just try and forget how problematic my tour digs are and whatever. And, and once you go into that spiral, you go into this very unhealthy routine. Yeah. So it's always about trying to establish habits already from the very beginning. Um, at the start of any venue. And it, it's difficult, especially if you're touring for a year. Um, uh, it's good to have people that you are close to that are like-minded. Mm -hmm. um, 
and that would take you away from the job and talk about other things. Um, it's good to have friends uh, to stay connected with just when, when it starts to get heavy. Um, what happens with tour life is the people that you work with are no longer just the people that you work with. They become family. And like with any family, there, there's little squabbles. Like, I mean, you know, you love them to bits, but then also you're seeing them every single day. Yeah. Yeah. 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough. It's tough. Um, so I think you, I think time to yourself is important. Time to nurture your body and your mind is so important um, to meditate, to, to, to get some peace and quiet, um, and to find certain habits that are healthy and sustainable. Yeah. I love, uh, well, first, one of the things you said, uh, talking about habits, habits are habits, right? Meaning like there's good and there's bad, and it yeah. takes a week or two to establish them. And if you're yeah. not consciously picking what those habits are, then they could start to run away from you. Like you said, love what you Absolutely. said about your, your inner circle and making sure that the people that are with you are like-minded. I think that's something that I love cliche statements, you know, and you always, <laughs> uh, I love them because they're true that they're said over and over yeah. again because they're true. Um, yeah. you are, the what the five people that you are around the most or whatever that saying right. is and it's like you can't run away from that like i see in myself sometimes i'm starting to to change in ways and i'm thinking why am i doing that and then i'm thinking about someone that i've been spending a lot of time with and i'm like oh yeah. they actually have those uh, uh qualities about Traits, them and, yeah and that's where i'm picking that up so that was extremely uh i'm grateful you brought that up uh, what's fitness like for your mental health? Like you worked out today. Do you just feel, yeah. yeah. How do you feel during and after and what is it for? What does it do for well, you? I, before I would punish myself and I'd be very, um, unforgiving because, you know, I was, I was coached by this bodybuilder and I've, I've gone through all that. I've gone through the comp the competitive nature of CrossFit as well, which, you know, and, I have an addictive personality in the sense that when I get into something, I really zone in. Um, so if when I was doing CrossFit, I was like, I was that CrossFit douchebag, you know, <laughs> I was talking about it, you know, 24 seven and like CrossFit is the only way when I got into paleo and eating paleo, I was like, yeah, no, you know, meat only nothing else, no carbs, whatever. And then I got into bodybuilding. I was, you know, really into that as well. And I found that it just, it's not sustainable. And I wanted to find a fitness philosophy or mentality, I guess, that was a little bit more holistic, that affected not just my body, but my mind and my heart and my spirit and how I am to other people. Because I don't want to be, you know, like holier than thou or super self-righteous when it comes to fitness, because everybody's journey is different. Um, so I started working myself and I, I, I'm still discovering things. Um, I suffer from, I suffered and I, and I've, uh, I've recovered fully now, um, from an ACL injury back in 2009, um, from, from playing ultimate Frisbee. And I, that happened right before a musical that before spring awakening back in Manila and, and I needed to rehab quickly. And, and I always felt that, oh, I'm, I have weak knees but then fast forward to my life now i'm i'm realizing things like the athletic truth group and knees over toes and like newer ideas of just like really getting people to 
to jump higher than they did when they were in their 20s. And I'm like, this is mind blowing. And it's more, it's more, it's all natural. It's all like, it's all doable. It, it's all scalable. And I, and I love that. And um, now I'm reading into cold showers and cold water therapy. And I do that um, at the start of my day. You know, every time I wake up, get into the shower. And then for five seconds, I'm going to just go as cold as I can, steady my breathing. And I found that my recovery is so much faster. Um, I have less DOMS after a heavy workout day. Um, I, I'm finding things that this show in particular, like Simba has a lot of jumps. It's loads of jumps and jumping was probably some, something I was very insecure about and very, very, you know, hesitant to do because of my ACL injury, um, over the years. And because of my new, like method of really trying to make my body more nimble and usable and functional, um, like that little Swiss knife analogy that you have. Um, I'm getting compliments from my dance captain and my, and my resident director saying, your jumps are amazing. They're higher than ever. I'm like, that's cool. And that also helps because I've, I've leaned out. I've fixed my diet. So I, I'm, I'm faffing again. But then but basically my approach to fitness is now holistic. And it, um, you know, when I don't feel good, it's probably because I'm not rested. I'm not drinking enough water. I'm not um, working out smart, you know. Um, yeah. and yeah, all of that now is affecting my entire being as an actor and as a person. Yeah. Cool. All right. Joaquin, we're going to go on to the BFTS hot seat here. We'll play a little right. fun, fun game. I think you're going to be awesome at it. So, uh, yeah. All right. First question, BFT, BFTS hot seat. You walk into a room and the TV's on and there's a movie playing that you've seen hundred times over and over again. But no matter, no matter how many times you see this movie, you have to stop and watch it again. What is this movie? Um, wow, probably the never ending story. The never ending. Oh, I don't know this one. Okay. Never ending story. You oh, don't know so. this one. Who, who, who's I, in it? Do you know I, who's in it? I don't know the actors, but it's, it's is Falcor. It older movie. It, it's an old movie. It's a classic. Oh, it's a, okay. it's a fantasy movie. Um, it's I don't know why. That's the first thing that came up to mind because basically it's it's yeah. You know this. Like I think you've seen it. it, it there's a dragon that's look like looks like a dog, a white dog. Oh um, yeah. Fantasy. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Falcor. Yeah, that's the never-ending story. And, and and Fantasia is 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 about to get destroyed. And this guy's reading this book, and it's happening in real life. I okay. I guess that's that's me. That's great. No, that's. I'll have to pull it up uh, this week and watch it again. All right. You're uh, commuting to the theater. We get to see your, your playlist. What's one or two songs that you're always going to be uh, listening to to just set, set your day off to be, you know, good vibes? One or two. Oh, my gosh. Um, probably anything from PJ Morton. Okay. Um, or anything from Stephen Hyde. That's a while. That's different than yeah. All right, I got. I have some homework to do after these answers. I have some homework to do. <laughs> All right, so you uh, are reincarnated on this earth. You come back as an animal. Which animal are you going to be, and why? I'm going to be a lion. Okay, you, you're there. You go. I'm going to be a lion. I just I I, I love. Um, when I was during the lockdown in London, there we we had a stray cat. 
that that kept coming to our flat and eventually owned us. We didn't own it. It's it started coming, slept over, just and I love just the feline nature of of cats, like just the whole the, the whole characteristic of the cats. And I realized that lions, especially when preparing for this role, are just bigger cats. They love the play. They're so um, affectionate, um, and they're so precise with who they want to show their affection to. And I yeah. love it. All right. There's a, a time era. There's a decade that you can choose to live in. What what time and place? Let's do place as well. What time and place are you going to live in? Oh, my gosh. Prohibition era in New York City. Okay. Those movies are always the best. You know, I can, only live off, I can only live off movies. I obviously have no idea what it was really like. I wasn't alive, but... <laughs> That that vibe yeah. that's uh that's always so so cool. I don't yeah, know. and it's, it's I about. mean it's guys and dolls as well. It's like swing, it's jazz. I mean, there's so much you know, so much swag into it, and I love that era. Right, right. Okay, if you weren't uh, an actor, what's something that you're interested in life that you think you might do career wise? Three things. I think I'd be a fitness trainer. Okay. Or a barber. Or a chef. I don't have skills as a barber. I just love the whole like sartorial barber culture. I love it. I wish yeah. I, I wish I knew how to cut hair, and maybe it's something I can train to do. And I love cooking. All right, what's a couple of your favorite dishes cooking wise? Uh, I'm Filipino through and through, so adobo, chicken adobo. Um, everybody will say that their adobo is the best, but my adobo is really good. Cool. I have a Filipino buddy that is in Atlanta and he uh, recently started up a restaurant. I'll have to share his page with you so you can check it out. Yes, please. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. So that concludes the uh, BFTS hot seat. No big deal, right? You crushed that. No uh, I have some movies and music to look up now after that. So I'll be sure to, to check it out. Um, yeah. Joaquin, thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate thanks for it. for having me. A lot of inspiration, uh, just a lot of laughs. So I appreciate you uh, spending some time with our listeners as well. Everyone that's uh, listening or watching, you can check out uh, Joaquin's Instagram, Joaquin.Pedro.Valdez. It'll be in the description of this episode. Nice and easy for you to click on. So make sure you give him a follow. And uh, yeah, become a part of the fandom of Joaquin. Joaquin, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Joe. My pleasure. Later. All right. That was a fun one. Really nice guy. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I'll, I'll have to connect when I get back over there into the UK area. Um, that was Joaquin, everyone. Make sure you give him a follow again. Joaquin.pedro.valdez. I'm Joe Roscoe with Bill from the Stage. If you haven't tried that free trial yet, go to BillForTheStage.com. Until next time, actors or athletes, train like one. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChapaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.